go ahead and start recording. Can I can I just say a little something real quickly? Yeah, for sure. Because I haven't said enough already. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did put my classes in the Learning Zion uh -huh. and my handouts, and I just we just did another class. I didn't do it. I I interviewed someone and because she was nervous to teach on her own, but we did on cast iron cooking. The handouts were super yeah. helpful. If you want, I can upload it there, but I send out an email list um, with announcements and the Zoom link when I do it live. And then after that, I send out the handouts and the Zoom recording. So if anybody wants that, go on Learning Zion and email me because that's easier than me remembering to upload it and all of that. So email me and then would you, you can just let your other classes know too, Cameron, if they want to, not just the, not email, but message me, you can just message me on Learning Zion and then I'll add you to the email list. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So go to Learning Zion and let's see if you're just in the feed, um, you go down to which one was it that you posted? Um, so you have like the Zoom recording link there. And there's a passcode you need to get on it. So that's on there. Gotcha. Just, I want to I point that out. Mm -hmm. And then the thermal cooking and all that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It just was hard uploading all those things because I had to do them individually. And mm -hmm. yeah. Um, anyway, so it's just easier if I'm just emailing, I put everybody in a group with my ward or my stake. And then, and I don't have a huge group in my stake, but it's just easier just to do it once than have to do it like all the time mm -hmm. and remember where. And so anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know that if you don't want it, I'm not upset either. No, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, see my computer just like shorted out. Okay. Um, seemed like I had another thing along that line. I recorded my first video and getting all that ready to go. So I'll have more updates next time, hopefully. Um, but something, it'll come to me anyway. <laughs> all right. So chapter one, Learning Zion. This is such a fun book. I It's generated so much good discussion in all of our groups. Um, so I'm excited to see where, where y'all take it. So let me just kind of start with uh, kind of going section by section like we did the Abraham book. Um, but this first one, what is Zion and, and what it's not? So why do you think that we have um, some very strong misconceptions about Zion here in the latter days? Why hasn't that been cleared up and, and restored for us in, in its clarity? What kind of... Um, just why? Like, why do we have misconceptions? And and what are those misconceptions? Just kind of throwing that out for, for anybody to, to answer them. I think part of it is like traditions of our fathers, but also maybe we make up things because we're not committed to certain things that are required. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah like we make it into what we want it to be so we maybe don't have to do the work or as much work or maybe we can exclude people we don't want to be with or mm -hmm. you know whatever yeah for sure yeah Shemela. 
Thank you. For my experience, I, I agree with what Alethea was saying that we, the traditions of our fathers, so there are so many things that are passed down. Um, and a lot of that for me comes down to unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Totally unrealistic. Um, I was just listening to chapter two with my husband in the car. And as he was, John or whoever the, the narrator was going through it, he, he said, do you think it's really possible for us to create that Zion? And my husband like physically laughed out loud, like, no, it's not possible for us to do that. And then um, in the book, it says that you're probably laughing right now because it's not. <laughs> um, I teach a class on Thursday nights uh, to a group literally called Imperfectly Zion. Like, that's it. And it's that, um, I don't know. I always thought growing up not being like, gosh, again, if you, I, whatever, my background doesn't super matter, but, but the home teachers are the ones that taught me about being baptized. It wasn't my family. I can count on one hand the times we had family home evening when I was growing up. So there's my background. Uh, I always had this thought, um, just having the church kind of in our lives a little bit, that it was perfection. Like they were supposed to be perfect. And when I picture Zion, I see it as this perfect place, but it's not built through perfectionism and it's not built by being perfect at all because that takes Christ out of it completely. Um, it's like imperfectly us and then him perfectly, Christ perfectly. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question, but like, that's my whole premise and my whole... Um, life for what I'm teaching right now so if anybody wants it on that let me know also mm -hmm. um, but that it's imperfection that's supposed to build it mm -hmm. that's my personal thought at least yeah for sure thank you and then Cindy I think I think a lot of times um, it comes across as something that is really abstract um, a really something that is too deep to discuss in a typical church meeting on Sunday, you know, maybe even a little taboo kind of, I don't know, to some people it kind of comes across that way. Um, you know, so like Shamala said, it, it just kind of feels like it's unreal to a lot of people. They don't really realize that it's, it is a real tangible thing that we should be striving for so mm -hmm. yeah I, I agree with what Shamala says but you know a lot of people think that we maybe in the past think that we shouldn't be talking about that or worrying about that but um, it's anyway, like those it's are mystery feelings. one of those mysteries we're not supposed right. to unfold. yeah right yeah something that's so abstract that maybe we shouldn't be mentioning it in Sunday school on Sunday or something, you know, so. For sure. And it's kind of like that principle on page two there where it talks about um, even if you do have faith in it, you don't have the belief that it applies to you. Like, oh yeah, it's right. fine well for other people, but you know, like eh, our day and age, you know, like angels don't appear, angels don't talk, you know, but kind of some of that personal application faith. Yeah, people, you know, people, I think, who believe in the church, you know, know deep down inside that maybe it will happen, but 
you know, don't really have that. I don't know how to explain it. Just that it's just too abstract for him, I guess, is the only way I can think about, think of to explain what I'm trying to explain. So kind of like how the second coming won't happen in our lifetime. Right. Kind of thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> we shouldn't it, be worried about that. It's easier. <laughs> sorry. It's easier to think it applies to somebody else. Right. It's easier to be able to rely on somebody else because if Joseph Smith and like their wonderful community failed at this, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And um, one of the chapters I listened to with my husband, somewhere in the beginning of it, um, it like it talks about Zion, um, similar to walking on water, building Zion. And I was like, wait a second, do you realize that there's at least two people that have existed on this earth that have walked on water? but only one that has created a Zion that's worthy of being raised to heaven. So there are more people that have walked on water than have truly been able to create this Zion. And it was mind blowing. So it's easy to think, oh, I can't do that. Somebody else is gonna do that. That's for my perfect neighbor or whoever, right? That's for the prophet to do rather than for each of us. Does that apply to what you're saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sometimes, and, and I think I've yeah, had like a whole talk on it as well of, you know, sometimes it's easier to, to believe it out there in the abstract versus um, applying it to us. Um, let's go with Libby and then Leslie. Um, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, perfect. Um, in my experience, it's, uh, I think some people think it's going to be like this magic thing, kind of like they think the second coming could just happen like tomorrow, like we're going to wake up and it's like, ah, clouds, you know, like here it is today. Um, like the prophet's just going to stand up and be like, it's time, let's build Zion. And it's just going to be like this poof, magic, fairy tale mm -hmm. magic thing that happens. And like my sweet mother-in-law, like she is so scared of like learning about it. She, she always says like, I, I love that you learned that, but you know, we really just are supposed to stick with the basics of the gospel. And when we try to learn these deeper things, we get ourselves into trouble. And when it's time to learn these things, and when it's time for those things to happen, you know, the prophet will tell us and, but we just need to stick with the basics. So I think, I think it's scary to some people. And also they think it's like, not necessarily our job, but that it's just gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but i think the prophet has been telling us to learn it <laughs> yep yeah, yeah we find that word. only if you have ears to hear mm -hmm. yes Sorry. yes or or it's only just gonna happen it's just gonna happen whether we work at it or not that we, it's not something that we have to work at and and you know develop and to learn just mm. will happen <laughs> just magic <laughs> I think a lot of people think, or at least I did, that it would be a pain-free experience too. Yeah. That building Zion would, I don't know, not easy, but at least it wouldn't hurt. Like purifying your heart wouldn't hurt as bad as it actually really, really does. Mm -hmm. So um, in the beginning of the book, he talks about like 
wait a second, what if you are the one that's keeping Zion from being built? What if it's you that doesn't want to face Christ? What if, like, and not, I'm not pointing my finger at like you guys specifically, but what if it's us? What if we are the ones pushing Christ away? I've had that experience. I don't know if I shared in this one or not, but of literally like a vision of me pushing Christ off the surfboard. He's trying to teach me to surf. And I was like, get out of here. I got this. I don't need you. Um, so that was really real to me, pushing him into the water in this vision of my, I'm thinking I could do it on my own. So anyways, it like, what if it's you that's the one keeping Zion from being built? And are you ready for that? Not that you're personally responsible, but um, anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. what if it says, and that it's a personal thing and that it really does hurt, like learning how to surf, you crash and you biff it and you can hit the, not only do you hit the water or you could get hit by the surfboard, but you could get hit by the reef too, right? Mm-hmm. So um, this understanding that the process is not easy, and that it quite often could be painful and, and being willing to face that anyway. Purifying a heart, dude, <laughs> sucks. Well, I'll just say that, it sucks, <laughs> sorry. Nope. But, so there's my, my two cents on that. <laughs> um, that we want it to be easy or pain-free and it's not. Well, that the Lord's gonna change our heart, we don't need to do it, right? Poof, it's just gonna be changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's go with Leslie. Um, when, Shamla, you were talking about um, walking on the water, um, I don't know how many of you have read or watched Sister Holland's talk that she gave when, this was back in the 80s, when um, Elder Holland was the president of BYU, and it was, I think it's called Walking on the Water. And she said... <clears throat> Uh, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but, but that Peter um, could walk on the water until he realized that he couldn't, that he didn't know how, or that he couldn't or something like that. So uh, it's super worth going to um, and reviewing. I think we just have this thick veil in the church of unbelief. And John in the, I think it was the first chapter he talked about rending the veil of unbelief and how um i think finding out what our unbelief and and exercising our power in christ for that to be rent and i was um wendy on here and i were talking about um alma the elder how he prayed for alma the younger to come to the knowledge of the truth and how he wasn't um violating his son's um agency but that he was able to call down through great faith that power and so what if we did that as a group we started praying for um for our fellow saints to to come to this knowledge of the truth and be set free and have greater faith in christ for for zion to come to pass and that we will all be builders of it Mm-hmm. I love that. So um, I love that idea. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I think it was L, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. That shared this video of the. All of a sudden, the name just blanked on me. 
um, but it's the the Sisters of, of Freedom uh, thing with uh, Todd, McLaughlin. Todd, McLaughlin. Todd McLaughlin. Yes, thank you. Um, anyway, must watch. If anybody, it's going to right along the lines of, of what you're talking about. Let me get the the link of it and and post it. But it is so good about uh, talking about kind of in essence this Davidic covenant. And what kind of sacrifice are you willing to offer so that somebody else's veil of unbelief may be rent and that they may open their, their eyes to, to see, really? And so, um, got it. Let me just copy paste. But yeah, it is so good. Um, Todd McLaughlin, he works a lot with um, Triumph Design and stuff. So he has lots of those concepts and everything. But um, I'm oh, sorry. off. <laughs> if I'm off, yeah. Um, I highly recommend watching that in in that context. Um, how we actually can willingly sacrifice for the benefit of others in their progression. You know, it, it always honors agency, but at the same time, we can have a part in in helping them along to providing them opportunities and chances. Yeah. So this this is Neil. Um, when I think about Zion and how we're going to get there, I'm reminded of visions of glory and how it took the separation of the wheat and the tares. It took the journeys and the travails to strip us of all the things that we're used to, to make us humble and teach us to, to listen to the Lord. And I, you know, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take the trials and tribulations so that we become attuned and are willing to listen. And we have that separation so that those of us that uh, hopefully make it through then are prepared to be as I am people. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> that might be our, our next book. I've always kind of shied away from Visions of Glory because it's so like controversial, but like it applies so much to, to what um, kind of some of these things and, and topics that we're, we're studying here in Triumph. Um, so... Uh -huh. I'm just going to say it's not controversial if you don't take everything literally because even Spencer yeah. said it's not literal and I don't know what's literal and what's metaphorical because I thought I knew and then it all got shaken up you know or shaked up shaken, shaken up mm -hmm. but I think if but I think there's principles in there yeah, principles if you, yeah if you take the principles then then that's what you learn from Mm -hmm. Just yeah, like Neil was pointing out, those principles right there are, are key. In, yeah. Uh, Rather than taking it as a as a Bible timeline, I think it's more just the principles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, go ahead, Mother. Okay. So it says in here that uh, Zion, the people that live in Zion when the city's built are translated people. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we've got a little work cut out for us, but luckily we know how to get there, how to be translated. In Isaiah decoded, it gives us the, the ladder and tells us, and of course it's hard. You, you have the descent, humiliation and stuff before the ascent, but it also, um, it's not going to happen. I mean, 
the Lord isn't going to come a second time until this city is built. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he has to have this city to come to. It's got to be pure for him to reside there. But anyway, I find it really exciting that we can be a part of this. Right. And and the part on that page where... Which uh, page? Oh, dear. I knew he was going to ask me that. Oh. But a part... How we keep... Oh, in on page seven, right down there towards the bottom, it says, in this world of daily horror bloodshed and wickedness and stuff uh, to knowingly delay Zion further seems far less than valiant behavior. When I hear about little kids being hurt and the pedophilia and the kidnapping and, and being sold into slavery and all that kind of stuff, it just makes me want to just get on the ball, get this done and and bring it on mm-hmm. i don't want to delay this this don't and if it takes me suffering so be it so be it mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. yeah sarah hey there i've been um just sitting back and listening and I, i've read this book like seven times so i love it so much because it just sinks to my soul I love everything that he offers all the things but when when we're talking about I was just listening to all the different comments and the thing that um that I've gained from it is that we there's a couple people that touched on it but like the attitude of like when we act as if right like it's so important that we are doing everything that we can to act as if we are that people, right? So we have to constantly be in check, like, okay, what am I doing right now that is contrary to a Zion-like mentality? I um, just offered up my, I, I live on two acres in Texas and I have a little garden and have some chickens. And um, I there was a lady who asked for homes to be available for a co-op a garden co-op and I was like yes I'm I totally want to be available I this is like Zion right like this is, I, this is like my foot in the door but um I had the hardest time getting my husband to like to show up he's like I just don't know how I feel about people coming in our yard and this and that and I was just like oh you're, you're complicating my my Zion like <laughs> mentality here but um finally I finally convinced him we're going to do it on the side of our house it will be a little bit more awkward but it just gets me so excited because it's like okay that's one step like I like I'm offering you know because if we look at it like it's not ours to begin with like none of what we have is ours to begin with it's his we're just tending it so how can we give our heart to the Lord by you know having the mentality of like what are some things that we could be doing to create that zion mentality now and and i really believe that we are the chosen people we like i i do get discouraged and i do feel like oh my gosh this maybe it's not us but then i i recognize the good in people and i just go yes 
we can do it. It's just, what are our thought processes? You know, how are we creating the mindset of Zion? It's all starts like as a man thinketh, right? Like it all starts in our mind and then it can go out from there. So that's mm -hmm. my thoughts. Yeah. Thank you. I, I love all that. Um, uh, in the meanwhile, Sarah had commented here in the chat. It says that if you listed the recent conference talks, I think the prophet and apostles are giving us ways to help us become a Zion people. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like Zion and second coming and everything is a, a major focus of, of their talks and their footnotes. There's, there's a lot there just in this last conference as I am going through and stuff like I, amen, I concur. <laughs> Um, let's go with Kathy. Yeah, like my growing up, my um, what I thought building Zion was was walking to Missouri. Like, because we went to Missouri when I was in high school, and my dad's like, "We're gonna have to walk all the way here," and I was like, "Oh, I just don't want to do that." And my whole life, that's all I've thought is like, "Oh crap, we got to walk to Missouri." And that's all I've ever really until lately, like the last couple of years. Um, but then one thing I've um, been thinking of, um, like we hear about the wheat and the tear. And then that Morgan Philpot that came and talked at my house, he was saying how there's the wheat and the tear. So that gets separated. And then we go through the tribulations and that takes off the sh that takes off the wheat from the shaft. Mm -hmm. So the actual pieces of wheat are the Zion. The shaft, the other part of the 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 wheat goes away, and that's what the tribulations are going to prompt people or push people or whatever the word is to bump up that level. Like all this time at church, we really only learn and talk about it like a sixth grade level of of the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the level that people want to learn and that's where the people want to stay because we like comfort like right mm -hmm. and probably everyone in this group i would guess that everybody in this group has been pushed forward for a reason mm -hmm. we've all been through something really hard or um and it's made us compelled it's compelled us to move forward to learn all this stuff because we've gone through trials and the more trials that happen, the more people will grow and they'll want to. And um, then listening to that Todd, what was his name? Not Christopherson, Todd. McLaughlin. McLaughlin. That one, that, oh, that totally, I hope everybody can listen to that video. Yeah. And try not to listen to Rhonda. <laughs> I just was like, no, that's not Rhonda. Very I just, I just was like, I hope I'm never Rhonda. <laughs> she had good points, but it's like, you just got to get past Rhonda. Anyway, um, she kept so, interrupting the the speaker a lot and telling me he was wrong and stuff. So it was. <laughs> you have to kind of get past that little point in the video, but it's fine. <laughs> it's really, really good though. But, but to me, it opens so many things. It's all about our covenants. Not it was the word is it covenants? Is it um, sacrifices? Making sacrifices for different gifts that we want. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And oh, that, and I think that applies really good to this, to moving, stepping forward into this. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Cause like what it said here, um, you know, it's going to, since it's the greatest gift of this dispensation, it's going to be require the greatest sacrifice. It's going to be the hardest thing that we've ever done kind of thing. And, and we can see it, you know, like, I think it was Emily that, that mentioned it. Like if those early um, saints of, of this dispensation failed and, and there were some pretty great ones in there, like if they failed, that's really daunting for us, but it's going to be the greatest effort that that's ever happened. I mean, many prophets have looked forward to our day with anticipation because of the, the labors and results that, that we'll be able to achieve in these last days that it's going to be hard, but it's going to be so awesome. So, so glorious. And, and like you said, Kathy, I think all of us have had these trials and are being compelled to, to press forward for a reason, because I mean, when you're ready for it, the Lord gives it to you. Right. Uh, I don't know if I found out anything more, more strongly in the past couple of years that you're ready as soon as the Lord starts prompting you that way and, and <laughs> pushing you. And every time you act on that pushing, mm-hmm. then you get pushed more and pushed more. Yeah. And Until like you, all, my whole yeah. life was like, you're going to be here when the savior comes, you're going to be here when the savior comes. They just never told us like, okay, but you have seven years of tribulation and you're going to go through all this stuff before. I mean, it's only been the last five years that I even realized, oh yeah, like we have a lot. This is, this is going to be hard. I always thought, oh wow, I'm going to be here. But then like learning about all of this, um, the Zion and how we have to, it's all in our heart and our own efforts. Like how much am I going to, how much effort am I willing to put forward? Mm-hmm. And how, and how much can I work? I mean, I'll, it's just like how we, we probably all used to be like that, where we would just, our, the only studying we did was at church in Sunday school. We didn't really, I didn't used to study a lot. I would listen to the scriptures or 10 minutes a night, you know, like seminary, but how much effort are you going to work at it? And what sacrifices are you willing to make to do Zion? I think Zion is just all about sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's not like we, we find out we're pregnant and, oh, well, I'll just get the epidural when it's time and, and it's all going to be good. Like <laughs> we're all gonna do it hard and fast. <laughs> that was a really good analogy. <laughs> yep. For someone that's never been pregnant, I'm pretty proud of that one. <laughs> just kidding. All right, let's go Shamala and then L. Thank you. For someone who is pregnant, it's don't kill your own baby, <laughs> right? It, um, Kirk Duncan, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he teaches something um, in, in prayer classes years ago called, there was a video, um, it was conception, gestation, and delivery. And that was his big thing, like create the dream and of all the people, you don't be the one that kills the dream. Don't let it go. Um, I saw a meme, this is totally off topic for what I was going to say, but I saw a meme yesterday um, of a unicorn sitting on a therapist's, not sitting, a unicorn curled up in the fetal position on a therapist's couch. And the therapist is saying, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. And the unicorn's got bit eyeballs like deer in the head's like, it's like, ah, really? Mm. But right, we have to have that belief 
that it's okay and to do our part in it too. Mm -hmm. um, oh gosh, I don't know why this is like my theme for tonight, but the pain required, whoever it was that was talking about separating the wheat from the tares, if you think about what's required to do that, not just separating the wheat from the tares, so like literally kind of tearing families apart. So not only do we have to get to survive that and thrive through that um, and stay pure in heart, even while our families are falling apart, which is literally happening. I'm sure to people on here too, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, but then when the wheat germ gets separated from the shaft, imagine you as the wheat germ, like each person in here, close your eyes for a second if you can, and imagine that you're that wheat germ and you've got this beautiful like protective covering of you like a cocoon and a pillar that's been holding you up for so long. And in order to make this transformation, all of that has to go. So you lose your comfort blankie, you lose that shield of protection that's been holding you, you lose that, um, I don't know, gosh, I, I don't know another way to say it, but that comfort, those comfort arms around you, those get stripped away and you get stripped off of whatever that pedestal is or the support system or whatever that's holding you up out of the dirt. Yeah. Um, and as you we were just talking about it, um, the rebirth, the rebirth required. You guys were, you used the word push. Like when you're ready for it, Christ will push you or the spirit will push you or whatever. I hate the word push <laughs> personally, but, um, but I think of it as a recreation. When you're ready for it, Christ will create you into the form that your best form, the form that he wants you to be. But with that same analogy, in order for a rebirth to happen, there's a literal death that has to happen first and a full separation. And a, sorry if this is not pretty for anybody, um, forgive me, but with death comes decomposition. And literally like <laughs> a falling apart. And so in order for us to be reborn, we have to allow ourselves first to be deconstructed and kind of torn apart. Whoever that lady was that was like interrupting the speaker all the time. I know what that's like, but I try not to contradict um, <laughs> master interrupter that I am. Um, but if I thought of her like when you said that whoever does bless her soul, she's doing the best that she can. But I envisioned her as the great and spacious building like following <laughs> following that speaker around um but for all of us maybe she's just not ready yet right um not just yeah broken heart and contrite spirit but literally if you imagine that in pieces like, i don't know maybe i'm rambling a little bit too much or excited that i have a voice back or something but the pain again and the suffering like we learned about in isaiah of being deconstructed before we can be created and I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes you're not ready and Christ pushes anyway. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't feel ready. Sometimes you might feel like a unicorn on the couch being as special as you are and as magical and amazing as you are with all of your gifts and still um, learning to accept that belief. So for whatever yes. that's worth. That scripture keeps coming to my mind that, uh, you know, says that he will give us everything that we are willing to receive as quickly as we are willing to receive it. So 
We just have to be willing and ready. Yeah. DMC 88 talks about that. <laughs> and and that if we're not willing to receive it, then he won't. If you try to give a gift to somebody and they shove it back at you, I did that to Christ on the surfboard, right? In in my whatever. That you, he can't give it to you. You can't. We have to be willing to receive and pull that umbrella of unwillingness down. But maybe nobody else deals with that. Maybe I'm the only one that has had the umbrella up my whole life. Maybe I'm the only one that pushes Jesus out of the way until now. But for whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe I just have family members that do it too. But I, I'm like the queen of imperfection. Doing my best to struggle along here and learning to accept those gifts. Thank you. So Elle had her hand up and then we'll go with Wendy. Oh, is it my turn now? <laughs> Yeah, Sarah was talking about just doing the basics. So how do we help other people rend the veil of unbelief and do more than just, you know, like, oh, I'm good. I go to church. I take the sacrament. I read my scriptures every day. How do we get them to, <laughs> they think that's all they need to do. And it's like, and I'm good. I'm going to go to the celestial kingdom because I'm doing, you know, it's like, okay, there's so much more. How do we help bring other people along to see there's so much more required of us than just the basics? And I, that's where I'm struggling on our ward because it's just, it's just, they just think it's just the basics and they're good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's like the great question, the great uh, struggle and trial that we have to kind of wrestle with in our day. Um, because we, we see it all over the place, you know, within our own families, within our communities, et cetera, uh, even within ourselves, you know, to, to get to this point, like that we are, we are at now, but um, I don't know. I think it's all kind of on an individual basis because some things really don't apply to, to others like they do um, in different circumstances, but kind of going back to Todd McLaughlin, since it's fresh on my mind, that's where I keep going. It requires a sacrifice on our part. They still have their agency, obviously, but going to the Lord and asking what sacrifice can I give to rend their veil of unbelief? And I, I firmly believe because I've tried it out numerous times that, that the Lord does answer those prayers. Um, and uh, if given with, with full intent to act upon the answers given, that there are powerful things that can happen in those situations. And what the heck? My, <laughs> my, Your cat. my cat's inside. My cat's an outdoor cat. The fact that she's even in here. What the heck? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Davidic covenant. <laughs> so like what we learned from, from Isaiah Dakota, like, the, the Davidic covenant being able to actually reach down and, and help other people up, you know, they obviously have their, their agency, they can actually refuse the gift. But when we can rend the veil of unbelief and know that, so that they can know that it's our full love and compassion towards them, trying to help them rather than just, I think I'm better than you. And I think you need to do this kind of a thing. And so yeah. that. That. Yeah, that's kind of a, yeah. I have several friends that are like, well, if you're reading books outside what the prophets and apostles have, you know, like this book, oh no, you can't, you can't, oh no, you can't read that. You can only read what, oh, I'm like, okay. 
you know, the glory of God is intelligence. We're supposed to study everything. And I was just reading in here, I don't know if it was in here today, but it said everything is in the gospel, all science, all everything that there is, is part of the gospel. So we should know everything about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not only the gospel. We're supposed to learn all things because it's all comes from, you know, it's like, truth is truth. Hey, and I don't know how to break through that, through that mentality. <laughs> well, I think, I think part of it is we're all on our own timetable and I think that's why the prophet's telling us to hear him because if we do, then our hearts will be pierced. And so we just have to, I mean, I think we can do exactly what Cameron said and, and sacrifice, but I also think part of it is just that agency and, and bringing down your, your wall and listening. Mm-hmm. willing to receive with mm-hmm. your son and stuff you know like you went to the lord and he gave you the answer just love just be his cheerleader kind yeah of. and i just pray all the time for our ward that we become a zion-like ward mm-hmm. you know that we'll learn to accept each other where we are and not be critical because our ward's kind of i don't know i'm not super involved with my ward but i know there's a lot of people that kind of criticize people and gossip about people it's been a problem for i think a long time but nobody accesses it but i've heard people that have left the ward and they said oh my new ward's so much better the other was you know where and they're like yeah so it's just it's an underlying thing i'm not really part of it but i i feel the repercussions of it sort of Mm -hmm. and it's really difficult (laughs) yeah for sure so so i just try to pray that people will you know become more Zion-like and love each other and just accept people because people are struggling to do the best they can. Yeah. They're all on their own journeys with, with different. Exactly. I don't even know. Yeah. Thank you. So let's go Wendy and then Sarah. I got to unmute myself. Hi, I I'm new to this group. Is it okay that I'm here? Leslie invited me. Yeah. We visit every day over Messenger, and she's like my favorite. And hi, Becky, I see you out there too. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I, I love this book. Um, so I wanted to, to kind of say with what Elle was saying, like how do you, um, and, and I, you know, we've just been talking about how do we, we help. Um, and I think, I think as we, as we, come to Christ and accept the gifts of the spirit that he has for us, the gifts follow those that believe. And as people see more and more of those gifts and in, in working um, order that's outside of our, our, you know, traditions, then it helps people's faith grow and it helps them say, Oh yeah, like that's, that's a new paradigm and, and having a paradigm shift is what we want. Uh, okay. So what I was excited to, to kind of like go off of what the sister Shamel, I don't know how to say your name, but anyway, you're talking (laughs) about the wheat. And then I was thinking, okay, well, where does the wheat go after that? Like in the parables and it goes into like the silo, right? Like he gathers them, gathers us in to the temple. And so, you know, the temple connection in here. And I I loved how he brought that in and, and how our leaders have been talking so much more um, just like pointing us to the temple. I mean, they always have, but maybe I'm just hearing it more 
because I'm really starting to take my temple covenants more seriously and, and ask the Lord and knowing that I have power from him to request that, that things occur in, um, not just occur, but that I have the gifts that I need for me and my family. And so, and also I love that the temple draws us to Christ so we can see him. Um, because Elder McConkie said, uh, the purpose of the temple endowment is to enable us to see the face of the Lord. Um, and that's what a Zion society is, is that we're living in that kind of place. So for, so for me, I'm looking at like, okay, Heavenly Father, where am I at in the temple covenant, like my temple covenants? But the thing is, is I see me going to these cycles. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm right here. And then I, and then I, something else happens and I have another big, and I'm like, okay, now I'm back at this part, you know, but I'm, it's like an ascending ladder and it kind of rotates through the different, um, anyway. Um, but anyway, so I just, I, that's, that's the ladder, right? We're, 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 we're getting there so we can see the face of the Lord and to be translated and have the, the gifts that we can to help all of our loved ones and all the people around us to wake up. And that's where he needs us to be as focused on, on, on tapping into the power that he has to give us through our covenants. So that's what I love to see in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. And then Shamala mentioned there, she says, Wendy, the cycles mean you're normal. Just keep going. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> women, we go through all kinds. We're like, like a, like a force of uh, nature sometimes, you know, <laughs> we go up and down. We all, that's okay. Cause we're, <laughs> yeah. That's, yep, that's why you're that's part of what's great <laughs> phases of the moon the cycles and everything it, it, it's so fitting the, the lord made it for a purpose there <laughs> all right let's go with sarah i loved everything that wendy said i'm so glad she went first <laughs> um i was just thinking that and she kind of touched on it and and so did l once she um got to the end but I, sometimes i get really frustrated that not everyone is on the same, you know, like mindset and I get worried about people. And I've started to realize that we are all like, and, and we just talked about it. So, um, but we're all on this journey that is going to be so individual and that there are going to be some of us that pass on and some of us that have to go through these really like even more um, difficult trials than than choosing, you know, the Zion path, if you will. And so I have to let go and let God, right? The saying is so uh, applicable to this because we are not here, like, although we are our brother's keeper and that we are there to ascend and descend to help others, we have to recognize when it's more important for us to focus on what we're doing in our progression. And that's not to say that we're not like, obviously we're doing everything we can to hear him and to, to be inspired on what and follow those promptings. I mean, that's what he talks about in this book is as you start to pay attention and listen to all of the commands that you're given, no matter how small that then that's, that's the progression of being like so in tune with the Lord that you like that's what Zion is, is just always having that um, constant flow of, of inspiration, of um, revelation 
that we're always doing his will. Like he can always count on us to be right in, in step with what he needs us to do that we're no longer like stopping and going, wait, was that like, should I do that or what? You know, like, it's just like, we're doing it. It's just part of who we are. And so uh, sometimes I get like really focused on my kids and my husband and I'm like, wait, wait, what am I doing? What am, what am I doing to create harmony in my home, create harmony in the community or what, whatever it is. And so you have to focus on you and then pray for others, right? And pray to know what it is we can do. So I think, oh, the, the most important thing for the, for you to do is just like, like you're doing a great job, focus on yourself and then just praying to know what he needs you to do to help another, to get on their path and whatever that looks like. It may not be the creating Zion part. It may be something different, which is sad, but it's agency, I guess their path sure. yeah that's like what Cameron was saying earlier and I totally validate everything that you're that you're mentioning there um ladies and it and gentlemen too um sorry but to accept that agency without judgment that's the kicker yeah. for me personally for like right this, this queen of imperfection to accept um, where my loved ones are, whether they want to be on that path or not, to, um, to lovingly go, okay, you want the milk of the gospel? Okay, here's the milk of the gospel. Oh, you're ready for the meat of a gospel. Here's the meat. But to not expect them to be somewhere else, not expect them to be on a journey they're not ready for, um, and to trust that they're in the Lord's hands as you're talking about how do we get people to receive it? How do we, how do we do any of that stuff? And maybe it's just my crazy perspective, but the spirit's the teacher, period. Mm -hmm. I can say every word possible, but unless the spirit reaches out and, and delivers that true message, like a messenger does, it doesn't make a difference. So um, there are my few thoughts. We love them where they're at, like Cameron said because love is the key. That's like, that's the only way. That's what Zion is. That pure in heart is love, unconditional love. And then with that comes things like a universal mind and being able to have that constant flow of revelation, but to do it unconditionally, to do it without the judgment, to do it, um, gosh, which is so hard, right? Like, I, I think I showed a few weeks ago, my daughter and her husband just, just took off their garments. Like they're just done. They're just done. And to go, okay, I, I, I did my best not to judge me either um, or gossip about myself or demote myself, degrade myself to pull myself down that ladder. Um, and again, I don't know if anybody else has ever struggled with that before, but to lovingly accept where we are and what we can give. Lord, I'd love to be able to help the people in my ward. I'd love to build on my ward. I'm praying for my ward. I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my people. And to bring that offering to him um, I wonder what would happen if you bring the offering to him, just envision having that face-to-face -face experience, like we're looking forward to in the endowment and that purpose of that. And to say, here's my plate, this is what I've got, or to bring ourselves to him and say, Lord, this is me, this is all I got right now for me. This is who I am. Is this an acceptable offering? Or what do I need to do to make a difference? Because um, I don't know when you're saying, like, what can we do to help other people? 
I could be the only one that could have a list that's like four and a half miles long of what's possible to help others. But what's realistic in that and what does the Lord actually expect? Um, what's our part and what's the part that the spirit is supposed to play? Mm-hmm. So for me, the lady that pushed Christ off the surfboard, I'm talking a lot tonight, I'm sorry. Um, I could see a lot of that as like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? But then again, what can the spirit do also? What part's my part? What part is Christ's part in reaching those people? How can the spirit help me reach these people? Does that make sense? So everything is coming back to that partnership. So, (laughs) sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because that's probably one of my, my biggest character flaws right there is not judging people where they're at, judging them at where the Lord has me or kind of thing because in my my previous mindset well it's still kind of my current mindset I'm trying to to abandon it but like saying okay well God revealed the truth to me and so I hold everyone to that same standard that same truth kind of a thing but everybody's on such a different journey and to to be loving and open wherever they're at uh, whether they're higher than you whether they're lower than you or whatever your perspective of difference is that you just love uh like uh wendy mentioned in the chat here love is such a powerful force everyone's hearts melts with love and how it was such a big theme throughout general conference that that first and second commandment um because uh i don't know i think we all have this uh inherent natural man tendency to think that people are judging us all the time whether they are or not but when that comes through, when we actually can show genuine love, regardless of the person's understanding or desires or whatever, just loving them where they're at, I think that that's exactly what, like Wendy said, it, it just melts hearts. Then, then they can kind of bring down their, their walls of defense and we can actually have like civil conversations and uh, actually open up to new ideas to just being good friendships and uh, and, and things. I don't know. I, sorry, I was just kind of rambling there. Go for it, Althea. Alethea. <laughs> you would uh, think after all this time I could pronounce your name right, but- uh, Yeah, well, it's late and you've had a long day. So, you know, um, no, I'm just thinking about all this and um, what I'm really hearing in all of this love is that the savior meets us where we are. And that's what he's asking us to do is to meet others where they are and becoming, I mean, that's part of being a savior in that savior role, right. And stepping in and being, I don't know, just that's really, it really is. I know for a long time, I kept having this debate in my head, which is more important love or service. And then I was like, duh, savior says love right love one another um but i think they just go hand in hand and and i think it's just that love that draws everyone in just like the love draws us into the savior Mm -hmm. yeah and isn't that exactly what zion is i mean unity love that draws it has a, a drawing effect i love that yeah 
All right. Well, we're kind of out of time, but like what other kind of things did you uh, get out of this chapter? <laughs> I tell you, it, it's different. I never know where it's going to go and stuff, but um, what do we want to kind of end on uh, with either chapter one or two? One real quick thing. I was blown away. I didn't, I've read this before, but I don't remember. Monty S. Nyman said that he thinks that um, I'll help my brain <laughs> that, um, was it the three knee? Yeah. The three Nephites, he believes that they were taken to Enoch's temple to be translated. And so I need to pay more attention as I'm reading this thing, because I'm gleaning new things yeah. all, all the time. So I, I thought that was cool. If that's true. Yeah. Right. And like from the, the Abraham book club that we did, um, seeing the, the role and mission of Enoch Metatron and uh, how he takes people up to um, kind of receive their endowments or uh, to be translated kind of thing. That, that's an interesting uh, perspective there. But, um, uh, but like what you said, uh, paying attention more in, in the book, like I didn't realize how often he was quoting some great people. So like Hiram Andrus, uh, Carolyn Thomas, um Monty S. Nyman you know like there's some of these great quotes it's almost like uh it's almost like it's in the footnotes right <laughs> the things that he's quoting need to to spend more time it's not just chapter one it's it's looking through all of these different sources that he's pulling and uh really finding some some amazing gems uh Hiram Andrus's stuff like he's gone and, and passed now but um I think it's the YouTube channel Light and Truth if I'm not wrong um, that has a lot of his uh, devotional seminars, uh, talks, I don't even know what to call them, but um, amazing stuff that, that goes right along with this. Carolyn Thomas, is it Carolyn or Catherine? Catherine Thomas? Um, oh my goodness, her books are, I, I'm just kind of starting to dive into those, um, because this was the second place that quoted her, and so she's a really deep thinker as far as um, all of this goes, and there is some amazing gems in there too, but uh, I just love, uh, like what you mentioned, like there's just so much in here, and there's so much packed into these uh, few little pages, but um, I can't tell you how many times I've read this book, but this time around with this group, I'm getting so much more. Uh, there, there's just a wealth of, of stuff here. It's because we built a foundation. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. And you can have that foundation and it just skyrockets. So anything else before we close out? So um, proceeding forward, we're gonna be doing one chapter a week instead of cramming the two in. So next week will be chapter three, just FYI. Um, anybody that's, that's new, um, uh, I do post these videos of, of these chats on the learningzion.com website. That's my own personal website. And um, so you can go back and view any of our previous ones or catch up. Uh, it's fun to kind of go through all of the different groups. There's A and B that are on Sundays, and then the C that's on Wednesday. Um, just kind of housekeeping, throwing that out there if you want it. Um, there's a thing, can't remember what it was there was something about prepping and the class but I forgot what it was anyway I, I'm working on that we're, we're getting some uh things together uh 
to have a separate kind of prepping gathering, uh, talking about uh, skills and, and things like that. But um, anyway, just any final things before we end for the night? It's been a fun one. <laughs> Today has been crazy. All the different avenues that the Lord's let us down. Cameron, on sort of a separate note, would it be okay? Um, my phone cut out right after. I was like, anybody who wants to join tomorrow night, let me know. Can I post the Zoom link in here? Would that be okay? Or on your website? Yeah. So for anybody that wants to come in. Okay. Describe a little bit more, like, what is it? Like, is it um, uh, lots of people join in for like an hour long kind of a thing? And is it like, a, you know, for lack of a better word, like what kind of format is it? Like a book club kind of thing where we come huh. in? certain ideas or topics for a night or or what is that um not like a book club um what we meet together for an hour thursday nights at seven arizona time so seven pacific um and we talk we just kind of um catch up as a group talk about what's going right what's going imperfect that we wish was going right um and tomorrow night um you know, so, so basically I teach for about 20 minutes and then facilitate the rest of the discussion, kind of like you do here and find out um, how I can help and then answer questions for the rest of the time. So um, normally I charge for it, but anybody who wants to join from this group because I love you guys so much, I, I just love to have you participate. You are also awesome and have so much wisdom to share. Um, so if you're okay with that, I'll... I will share that link and then you guys can just join in for free with the little group we've got started so far. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And guys, you're welcome to come too if you'd like to. Um, and then we just kind of text each other through the week and in a group text and say, this is how we're doing. Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know, sorry. For me, love, the whole love thing starts with self. If we're judging others, it's because we judge ourselves. If we're gossiping about others, it's because we're like, internally gossiping about ourselves so in order to truly love on the outside we have to love from the inside too so um that's one of the main things and to do that imperfectly knowing that we don't have to check every box mm -hmm. that's yeah, that. right where can we rely on that so i i will um i'll copy that link and then add it here real quick that's okay yeah for sure and any, thank you and And hopefully if anybody wants to join, just, um, yeah, just hop in tomorrow, tomorrow night and any other Thursday that you'd like to. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to see you guys there imperfectly, right? That's the whole thing, imperfectly. I love that. And we, so thank you. And thank everybody for the discussion tonight. Mm -hmm. I grow every time. So selfishly, thank you for teaching me <laughs> along the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'll I'll keep that up for. Uh, I mean, like I'll keep the Zoom open for a little bit so that we can. Uh, I'll copy that if you want to. All right. Well, um, we'll kind of close out for the night. It's been so fun. Uh, I'm excited to to do this journey of Triumph of Zion with y'all. It it gets good. Well, I mean, it's always good, but um, there, there's some very fun uh, chapters and tidbits and gems all in there. It's going to be an awesome journey.